0: You're listening to The Savings Tip Jar with Dom Beatty and Harrison Asprey, powered by savings.com.au, your home of consumer finance news, guides and product comparisons.
1: G'day, welcome to another episode of The Savings Tip Jar, the podcast about the latest in banking and finance, focusing on what's relevant to the savings of everyday Aussies. I'm Dom Beattie and with me to holler about the dollar is Harrison Asprey. Good avo has.
0: G'day, Dom. It's good to be here once again. Um, there's going to be a lot of hooting and hollering in, in today's one because it's the final of this season or, or this year yeah. rather. It's yeah. been a great year. And um, coming up on today's episode, uh, we have a very special guest, uh, Daniel Scoberis from uh, Point Hacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a credit card whiz. Um, and we're here to talk about all things credit card points and how to maximize your credit card points while doing so responsibly. So that'll be a good one, Dom.
1: Yeah, good first season of the podcast, I think. Good thing to sort of just make a start. We didn't know where we would be taking this, but mm. uh, you know we've kept going, we're still doing this. We're having fun, that's the main thing. And uh, hopefully some people are out there listening to this and enjoying our chats about mm. finance. So yeah, let's get stuck into it then, last episode of the year. So uh, start with our usual savings news roundup. All right, so. The first one, uh, the big elephant in the room. Obviously, yeah. we had a RBA rate hike this week, has so another 25 basis points up to 3.1%. There was some speculation that the RBA would actually hold their fire this month, um, but uh, you know, with, with some of the numbers coming out showing that the economy was starting to slow down pretty quickly. Yeah, but uh, obviously, they uh, decided, no, let's let's go again.
0: Yeah, there's a few economic indicators, I guess, that have come out recently. So retail spend mm. has come off the boil for the first time in 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, and inflation, um, although that's relying on the ABS's kind of sort of murky, a monthly inflation figure that that's come off a little bit as well. Um, so. That wasn't enough to deter Dr. Phil Lowe and his uh, RBA board members, however, um, with the cash rate now at 3.1, which is the highest since October 2012. So I'm not sure what you were doing in 2012, Dom, but I wasn't looking at the RBA cash rate, that's for sure. No,
1: I think I was uh, selling barbecues. Yeah. <laughs> okay. for, um, is that a metaphor? No, yeah, that was no, <laughs> that, was a, that was an actual job I used to, used to hold. Yeah, it was good times. Uh, the old Weber queue and uh, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. and Brown we used to barbecue. Yeah, yeah, and that uh, yeah, no, was, was interesting. But yeah, that's what I was doing in 2012. But yeah, I think you know RBAs, obviously they don't meet in January because no. uh, you know, who wants to meet in the first Tuesday of January? Everyone's surely off. You know, enjoying their summer break. Phil Philo's <laughs>
0: applying his suntan lotion <laughs> all over that's, his arms. Oh, what a big down that. at Bondi Icebergs.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh know. well. Yeah, he's a keen swimmer, I've heard. So mm. maybe, maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess you know, it's they probably thought, well, hey, if um, if spending continues pretty strong through December and January, well, we, we're not able to hike the rate in January to slow that down. So mm. yeah, another twenty-five um, to carry us through to February. Yeah. And then who knows from there? Some people say, you know, like like Shane Oliver, you know, one of our previous guests. He he, yeah. he reckons that that's it, no more rate hikes. He thinks no three more. point one. Mm. Others think you know there will be two or three, mm. you know, more to come. So. We'll see how see how it all plays out. Yeah, I think most
0: kind of um, most major bank economists kind of think it'll it'll peter out by mid year. Uh, mm. So I think uh, ANZ and NAB um, have around three point eight five percent, which implies uh, three more hikes essentially mm-hmm. um, by by mid year. And by that point, you know, mortgages would be well and truly up, and um, maybe some of those key economic indicators will be coming down, hopefully, so inflation and things like that. But mm. Look, uh, so as we've mentioned before, uh, mortgage rates uh, aren't good in a time of uh, when the RBA hikes the rate, uh, but savings account rates, once again, they're, they're coming up. Um, it's, oh, yeah. it's pretty much just part and parcel. Big um, so big recent news as well. Um, so BOQ has increased its uh, future savers accounts uh, uh, up to 4.75%. Um, And then it's sort of main competitor, I guess nowadays, is ING, they've boosted their rate up to 4.55%. And as we've said before, a lot of times, Dom, on this podcast, there's a few hoops to jump through to get those rates, but good to Mm. see that they're they're sticking true and and sticking solid and um, giving savers a bit of a boost after Mm. so many years of uh, really crap rates, to be honest.
1: Yeah, no, I guess the main difference between those two accounts is the BOQ one is limited to people who are, what, 18 to 35? Yeah. And it's only on up to 50 grand, which, I mean, that's a lot of money to a lot of people, but there yeah. might be some sort of high rollers who've got, uh, I don't know, maybe 100 grand uh, mm. in savings. They would have to go for the ING one, which um, offers that their high interest on up to um, 100 grand. So, but yeah, that's, that's a fair bit of money, but, uh, you know, 4.75%, 4.55%. But still, you know, inflation, what is it? 6.9% on, based on the monthly indicator. Yeah. But uh, I mean, guess what you're doing is you're reducing the impact of inflation yeah. by, by a fair chunk, by the 4.5 or 4, 4, 4.75. So yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned those hoops. You know, there's other accounts out there as well, isn't there? Didn't you say Macquarie have got a pretty good rate?
0: Yeah, Macquarie has, a, I think they're boosting theirs up to uh, 3.7 uh, by mm. 16th of December. So that's okay. in, a, in a few days time. Um, and you don't need to do anything to attain that rate, you just park some money in there and away you go. And look, there's a few others too, so I think um, ANZ Plus has around 3.5%. Mm-hmm. Um, to my knowledge, they haven't announced any rate hikes off the back of the latest RBA hike. Uh, but look, as we always say, time will tell. Um, and 3.5%, 3.7% is pretty good in the market um, um, for not having not to do anything to yeah. attain that. So. Once again, it's it's a juggling act of um, having to jump through a few hoops and get maybe one percentage point more Mm. or just park it and pop lock and drop it.
1: Mm. (laughs) I've just got uh, the Money for Nothing song by Dire Dire Straits. Oh yeah, great banger. Going through my head. Mm. Um, Because yeah, I I mean, if you've got a big fat mortgage, you probably have to park your money in the offset account. But I just think how good it would be, you know, just having the money start in the savings account and it's just paying you quite a few, you know, you could be getting hundreds of dollars a month if Mm. you've got enough money in there, Uh, just for having that money sat there. Yeah. um, It's pretty handy. It's a few Big Macs. Yeah, for sure. Um, Now, to another economic Big Mac. uh, (laughs) GDP, that's a a big one, a big economic number that all the economists look forward to uh, four times a year. So we had the September quarter GDP numbers come out. Now, this one reveals that uh, the economy in Australia uh, grew 0.6% over the September quarter. Now, this is down Mm -hmm. from the 0.9% in the June quarter. So there's definitely some signs that it's uh, starting to slow down. Um, As part of that big sort of economic data dump, we got uh, one thing that we pay at at, at Savings uh, particular attention to is the household savings ratio. That shows you how much of people's uh, money basically they're, Mm -hmm. they're putting aside. Um, and uh, that fell down to 6.9%, which is not really that surprising. Uh, it was down from 8.3% it was in the June quarter. But you know, it's still well above what it, where it was in you know, 2018, 2019, when um, household savings ratio was only around 3 or 4%. Yeah, wow. I mean, but it's come a long way down from the, you know, didn't it get near 20% through yeah. the year? Uh,
0: so households saving over one-fifth of, of their income during yeah, the yeah. pandemic with nowhere to spend it. And nowhere to spend a, it. Lot pa- uh, a lot of a lot of pandemic money coming through mm-hmm. from the government and things like that. Um, but look at how quickly that's fallen. Um, mm. I'm actually surprised though, it didn't fall um, any lower. So 6.9%, that's still pretty healthy. Um, mm. I was mm. honestly expecting below 5%. Um, but look, certainly I think in the next GDP release, it will yeah, fall, fall below 5%. As, as Dom mentioned, that was for the September quarter, so that feels like ages ago now. So that's July, August, and September. Yeah, that was before um, a few, a lot of a few these, months these ago. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, so I expect that to, to go down. But, you know, it's an interesting barometer of the, um, the economy because technically, you know, when the household spending ratio is quite low, mm. it's supposed to be like a sign of confidence uh, that people are confident enough to go out there and spend. Mm. Whereas when it's quite high, it's when people are quite nervous about what's going on. They'll hang on to their pennies and don't spend it as much. So it's it's a kind of, it's weird times at the moment, because obviously it took off during pandemic when everyone was panicking. Um, But now it's almost like people want to hang on to their dollars, but they just can't because, you know, interest rates going up and, and energy bills going up, and in inflation driving yeah. grocery costs up, that people just they actually can't, they have, they're forced to spend. This yeah, money. it's not like
0: people are buying iPads or whatever. Mm. They they're using it on on everyday necessities. Yeah, the uh, non discretionary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, for sure. But speaking of weird times, Dom, um, Flatmates dot dot So the um, website where you find a, ha- a oh, yeah. housemate um, has come out with some data. Um, they revealed that. Uh, over 65s are the fastest growing demographic on the website so um, older people looking for housemates um, they've increased by 25 percent over the last five years and the flatmates release here says um, that uni um, share share houses are kind of falling away a little bit no doubt probably during the pandemic um, with everyone sort of moving back home and not wanting to catch the spicy cough. Um, so that's interesting, Dom. What do you make of that? Like uh, um, are older people just lonely? Are they looking to cut costs? Like what's the go there?
1: Oh, it's gotta be a mixture of both. I mean, probably primarily the, the, the cost stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. we're hearing that um, more and more people starting to hit retirement without owning a home of yeah, their geez. own. Um, and you know, ultimately I think owning a home is probably the, the, like what you want Mm. Going into, into retirement, um, it sort of makes me think of that whole debate where people think, you know, should you allow people to use their super to buy a house? Mm. Because um, you know, the sooner you can get a house and, and, and pay it off, and then you know, the, the stronger your chances are of having a more comfortable retirement. Mm. And it just sounds like people are going to retirement. Maybe they've got a fair bit of super money, um, but uh, but they don't have. A, a, like a roof over the head to call their own. Mm. So it makes me think of that. Um, but yeah, it could also just be the loneliness factor. I've, I've heard people suggest, you know, there's a l- real problem with, with elderly people being quite alone and they've suggested more share houses for for older people. Yeah. Um, almost like little retirement villages all crammed into one house. Cute. Um, I don't know how that would go down. I don't imagine my, my 88 year old grandma Fancying living in a house with
0: just imagine that they're all watching <laughs> Sky News at level eighty volume, <laughs> drowning each other out. Yeah.
1: yeah, or or if it's mixed, you know, you got a mixture of uni students, <laughs> um, yeah, a couple of bong smokers <laughs> with uh, a couple of you know tea drinkers. And well, you know, like it,
0: it was like that. What that ABC program where it was um retirement house for four year olds. You know, could oh yeah, they could weirdly get True. along. You know, yeah, because they um, brought out a
1: series for the teenagers as well. Was yeah. It just, on them. Yeah. So um, maybe it could be a nice sort of social It's
0: experience. also harder for older people to get a home loan as well. So remember one of our writers uh, yeah. um, interviewed that, that woman, I think her name was Margaret, and she had just found herself going through a rather messy divorce and she had no assets to her name, but mm. the banks wouldn't lend her money because realistically, you know, you could die while still owing mm. hundreds of thousands of dollars. So that's that's also a kind of difficult point there too.
1: Mm. Yeah, definitely very hard to get a home loan when you're, well, when you're over 50 really because the you know, yeah. the standard home loan is 25 to 30 years, yeah. mostly 30 years. You need to have an exit interview so and things yeah, like that. And Yeah, and you're kind of expected to retire around 65, 70. Mm. So, yeah, the, the bank would really need to to hear what you're going to do when you retire, how you're going to pay off these mm. this mortgage. And basically, you got to make a promise. I will use my super money. I, w- I will pay it off with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think it's time for our... Uh, fiscal Focus segment with uh, featuring a very special guest. All right, we're now at that time of year where we're more inclined to spend money rather than save it, giving our credit cards a solid workout. So, for this episode's Fiscal Focus, we thought we'd chat about credit cards with Daniel Skibberis from Point Hacks. Daniel, welcome to the Savings Tip Jar podcast.
2: Yeah, hi Dominique, thanks for having me. So,
0: Daniel, first uh, cab off the rank, uh, it seems that credit card use has kind of made a bit of a comeback in recent months. Um, ABS data points to credit card spending being up, but debt seems to be rather steady. So what sort of trends have you noticed in, in this regard um, at Point Hacks?
2: Oh, look, I mean, in terms of the number of applications that we're getting at Point Hacks, I think it's still pretty much BAU. Uh, m- most of our readers w- usually go towards or gravitate towards those rewards Credit cards. And I, I guess there's been a greater demand for those in recent times, given airfares have been through the roof um, for various reasons. Um, mostly, uh, you know, just getting the planes back in the air can take a while. And also the fact that people have been saving for the last two years, um, have travel credits to spend, haven't seen family for years. So the demand is through the roof. And obviously, when you've got low supply and uh, high demand you're going to end up with huge prices um, cash prices anyway so mm. people have been looking at ways that they can travel cheaper uh, one of those of course by utilizing frequent fly points and getting reward seats now of course they can be hard to find on some popular routes but on some less popular routes that are still um, have sky high prices um, that can be great value. So people have been gravitating to to those frequent flyer rewards credit cards. But um, look, the demand has always been high, but um, and, and they're still high today. so um, yeah, uh, I, I could see that uh, continuing in the near future, especially if the cash prices go up, mm. uh, continue to go up.
1: So Daniel, would you say you know with that in mind, your credit travel credit cards are making a comeback? you know are we starting to see some some stronger offers for 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 travelers that are spending on credit?
2: Yeah, so there's two parts of that question. I think um, in terms of stronger offers, the offers are still pretty uh, similar to what they have been in um, even pre-COVID, um, and, and they can be quite attractive. Six-figure uh, 6, six figure, um, bonus points offers uh, are still out there. Wow. But in terms of, yeah, so 100,000, 120,000 Qantas velocity points, etc. But in terms of demand for them, I think I think people are beginning to look at these programs a bit more seriously, um, whereas in the past, they just go, oh, yeah, you know, it's still have to find rewards said i'll just buy that cheap airfare well on so many routes at the moment and it's probably going to last another six to nine months uh some of those cheap airfares don't exist um that people are beginning to look into these frequent flyer programs in a lot more detail and see how it can work for them
0: speaking of um good deals in the market are there any uh good deals that you've seen lately um that that are product specific you know without giving them too much of a plug for free
2: oh so yeah in terms of the credit card space i mean look uh, some of the big four banks uh usually ANZ uh Westpac and um usually those two to be honest and NAB uh, to some extent uh, and also American Express um, do usually come out with those high bonus points offers so usually in that six figure but you've got to remember that credit cards are also tiered as well so those big offers are usually at that top tier credit card that's not for everyone because you've got to have you know a certain credit rating definitely a certain minimum income requirement Um. so but, but uh, those middle tier cards are also offering quite attractive bonus points I mean well you know we had one Recently, as an exclusive on our site, and um, where you got a, a combination of benefits. So, you have got 75,000 bonus points, you got a travel credit, you got some cash back, you got status credits. So, it was it, it, they're getting more creative as well, even at that mid tier level, which um, is usually the one that appeals to a lot of people because um, usually the income requirement is around thirty-five thousand, although not necessarily formalised at that. It's usually around that level, um, and it appeals to a lot more people. But what I would just say as well with these deals, just make sure that you do comply with the rules. A lot of the time they have a minimum spend requirement. Don't forget to do that. Yeah, <laughs> That's how you won't get the points otherwise. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know, with with travel back on the agenda for a lot of people, I'm hearing more and more people saying to me that they're um they're signing up. For For like quite a variety of different credit cards, um, just to sort of collect those points those uh, sign-up offers that they're offering, which are, I believe that's called credit card churning. So just signing up credit card after credit card, just to get the points uh, to then, you know, use for hopefully for free flights. So what are your thoughts on this practice?
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm, I'm glad you asked this question because um, look, it hasn't, it's not the recent phenomenon. It's, uh, it's It's been going for a long time. And look, at Point Hacks, we do say, look, try and maximize, um, you, you know, the benefits that you can get. But credit card churning, um, excessive credit card churning is something we've never liked at Point tax it, it goes against the, the really the spirit of, of of what you know banks are trying to do and um, i used to know cases um you know a number of years ago before banks cracked down on it uh where people would apply for a credit card get the bonus points cancelled and then apply for the same credit card during the same um, promotion period i mean that that that's just never right there's no justification for that and there's definitely not something we like to see either um but uh the good thing is the banks sort of um, you know put 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 a, put a few rules and regulations in to try and minimize that sort of things happening so the the key one is an exclusion period where usually it's between 12 to 18 months depending on the card issuer and if you had um, if you took out a took the opportunity for a bonus points offer with that particular card in that period you would be excluded from getting bonus points for that card um, and also the minimum spend requirement was another one as well because you know if you have to spend four thousand dollars to get the points if you have to do it again five mm. minutes later um that's eight thousand right so um so you know things like that uh have helped so to answer your question look maximize uh the number of cards that you can get in a particular year but but um you know take advantage of that competitive uh tension or pressure that's happening within the market. But at the same time, don't abuse it. And look, to be honest, it's really hard to abuse it now with those exclusion periods Mm. and spend requirements, and we fully support the banks on on including those.
0: In the same sort of vein, uh, do you have any general tips for those looking to take advantage and maybe juice more out of their credit card?
2: Yeah, so if you um, do get a bonus rewards credit card, uh, or any credit card that gives you any form of rewards, the best way to make use of it is to use it on everything. I mean, uh, even I have family members who go, they'll be more than happy to to put take the credit card if it's an eighty dollar purchase, but if they're buying a coffee, they'll be like, "Oh no, no, I'm embarrassed to do that." <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand that because at the end of the day, half the time the the businesses don't want to handle cash anyway, um. So you're probably doing them a favour, but um. <laughs> But, yeah, use your card for everything. But the main the main rule is make sure that you pay off your card in full every single month or else you're going to end up with interest and you're going to negate any benefit that you're getting from your frequent flyer points to the point where you're probably going to come out at a loss. So um, use your card for everything. And pay off your 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 monthly um, bill in full, and that is the best way to take advantage of, of a credit card.
1: Now, obviously, this time of year, uh, November, December, people are spending like crazy, and they rack up a huge credit card debt. And then it's like in January, you have that that debt hangover. Mm. Um, obviously, January, February, this is probably a time of year people might be considering making a balance transfer, so they you know, those people that they can't afford to, um, you know, to, to pay back all that debt before interest is charged. So. What do you think about balance transfers?
2: Look, I think um, if you are in a situation where you've had credit cards and, and you've accrued interest in them and you're sort of struggling to pay it off in time, so you're always each month paying a bit of interest, then they make sense don't they balance transfers it gives you it just buys you time mm-hmm. to um hopefully the circumstances may change you might get a bonus you might go to a high paying job something may happen that will then allow you to start eating away into into reducing that balance that is incurring interest and um and and then hopefully get you to a point where you're just back on even keel again and you can just start paying off your balance in full every month mm-hmm. and um and not be incurring interest so look i think it's a good thing if if you you need it but like for someone like me who's always paid off their credit card in full It's just a side, you know, feature that I never look at. And you Mm. want to get to that position if you can.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, on that, there's actually a guy I heard about, I think he's around the office, um, who can definitely, he can afford to pay off his credit card, but he he, he basically racked up a huge debt on his credit card with this nice holiday he had in Bali. And it was about five years ago, and he still hasn't paid a cent of it. It's just on his credit card, and he's just constantly putting it off, putting it off, and just doing these balance transfers. But he's collecting points along the way. So yeah.
2: yeah, that sort of starts to violate that rule I said earlier, doesn't it? Yeah <laughs> okay, you're earning points or who? but it's being all <laughs> negated by the um, interest that you're um that, that you're paying for it. So yeah, look at point hacks, we're very strong about that. Like we want people to get rewards credit cards if they can pay for it in full because it's a, it's a win-win for nearly everyone. It, I mean the, the ultimate person, or company paying for those points is is the company offering the points so obviously if it's for the flights it's the airlines themselves but if it's one of the the rewards partners well they're paying for those points not you know out of Goodwill, they're they're paying for it because they're trying to attract new customers and things like that as well. So they've got something to gain. And then uh, aside from them, everyone else has got something to gain as well. The airlines have something to gain because they're not flying with empty seats. Uh, the the consumer, uh, you know, has a lot to gain because they can experience things that they might mightn't otherwise be willing to pay for or could even mm-hmm. pay for so i've been on a few first class flights on emirates um, no. uh, on mm-hmm. Qantas over to the united states all on points and i you know that, that that's great and um look those seats uh, well i do remember on on in in those first class cabins there were other empty seats as well so you know again the airline could at least sell th- those seats to me at a discount using points mm-hmm. so I like the whole concept of the program, but no, don't just go spending money on anything and everything just to earn points. If you're then having to pay interest on it, that doesn't—that never makes sense.
0: All right, that was awesome, Daniel. Um, I think that's all we have time for here, um, on the Savings Tip Jar podcast. Um, so I guess the main message is to juice more out of your credit card, but do so wisely. Um, Daniel, thanks for joining us.
2: No worries. Thanks, Harrison.
1: Thanks, John. Thanks, Daniel. Cheers. So that was Daniel Skibberis, uh, the Editor-in-Chief at Point Hacks. So, uh, Harrison, I liked what he said about uh, being able to travel in first class using nothing but points. I've always fantasized about being able to fly first class, mm-hmm. I've always looked at these people who are going into the first class on a, on a flight and just thought, who are you? How can you afford to pay, uh, you know, the the fifty to $100,000 yeah, for wow. this flight? Are you really that loaded? but you know, probably a lot of them just, just with credit card points.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, that sounds very incentivizing too. I mean, like I don't have a credit card yet um, and I'm realistically probably not about to, but look, at, like if I was looking at getting um, or, or booking some sort of overseas trip um, and then trying to accrue points, it would be interesting because mm. um, as I'll mention later in this episode, um, I'm talking about cre- uh, credit card points and, and mm. what they can get you. And offers out there. So there's some that have, you know, 200,000 points on sign-up. And one of our former colleagues, Dom, um, before the pandemic set in, um, I recall um, took out an Amex credit product, and he mm. got 250,000 points or something, which was enough to what get a, a business class seat at the time to London or something. Oh wow! Yeah. So, um, but that all went to hell in a handbasket yeah. because of COVID, of course. <laughs> but um, lucky But yeah, so those uh, deals are certainly out there. But he also was pretty measured too. So for for a credit card expert, he said, you know, tread tread uh, lightly, um, and don't just you know use your credit card to churn points and things like that. Mm. Um, Not that the banks allow you to do that, which I thought was pretty interesting now too.
1: Yeah, I was surprised to hear him say that because to me it sounds like quite a smart strategy to be Mm. you know taking out all these credit cards and just reaping all the points. But like you said, it's it's not sort of really playing fair. You know, no. it's almost like ruining the fun for everyone else because the, the yeah. credit card providers will cotton on and be like, that's it. We're not gonna, not gonna offer these, these deals so fun. much. So, but, uh, but yeah, I, I remember that, uh, that former colleague uh, taking out that card. But you know, as a as recall, he had to, you know, he couldn't meet the spending requirements on his own. He basically had to ask family and friends, hey, if you've got any like big expenses, can you please use my card to make it <laughs> I'll God. pay you, I'll pay you back over uh, time. But I just need lots of money spent on this card so I can qualify for these points. It'll I, be worth it.
0: I couldn't trust anyone to pay me back, not even myself. So um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that one, that strategy there is uh, fraught with danger.
1: Yeah, yeah. So no, that was, that was, a, that was a great chat. Very, very good with, uh, Thanks, with Daniel, Daniel Skiberis. Uh, I'd like to have him on the program another time. But so, yeah, in the meantime, uh, I think it's time for some good deal hunting. How do you
2: like their Max? <laughs>
1: That's right. Good deal hunting. How do you like them apples, as uh, coined by uh, Matt Damon in uh, *Goodwill Hunting*? Classic film. Yeah, good film. Good film. Um, so, Harrison, you mentioned in the earlier segment that you've been looking at uh, credit card sign-up deals. Credit card
0: sign-up deals. Uh, at the risk of sounding like spending.com.au, um, and I'm going to have to look at my notes here because it gets rather uh, complex. So. Um, It's Wabbit hunting season right now and I'm here to hunt for some points. Uh, So St. George Bank uh, with its Amplify Platinum products uh, is currently offering 90,000 points once you spend three grand within 90 days. Um, And these rules here are kind of talking about what we were talking about earlier with Daniel around the credit card churning. There's a lot of sort of day limits and things like that that prevent you from just getting the points and saying, see you later, Mm -hmm. essentially. Um, so I've crunched the numbers, um, aka looked at their website, um, and if you spend uh, th- if you spend the three grand and you qualify for the ninety thousand points, uh, that could be enough for a four hundred dollar e gift card, uh, which is you know mm. it's all right. Um, Amex the Explorer card, that's a kind of platinum traveler card, uh, has fifty thousand membership points on offer, um, and for example. A fifty-dollar BCF gift card it costs ten thousand points. I'm not sure if there's a big overlap between BCF okay. customers and Amex Explorer customers, but you never know. Uh, Amex again, its platinum products uh, offers up to two hundred thousand points. But this one here, that's that's for the high roller for sure. So you know, James Packer, because um, the, the annual fee is a whopping seventeen hundred and fifty dollars. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure that card is very thick as well. So if you like American Psycho and you like a thick card, that <laughs> could be the one for you. Um, City Premier uh, offers up to $100,000. Uh, not not $100,000. Oh, God, I was like where can I find this? Card? Uh, see you later, guys. I'm I'm quitting. Uh, up to $100,000 Qantas points rather. Uh, so th- this one's split up. You get 70000 when you spend six grand in 90 days, and a 30,000 bonus when you keep your card for over 12 months, that prevents the credit card churning there. Um, and I've crunched the numbers through Qantas, um, if they can even get your flight going on time. Uh, for example, if you had a return flight from Sydney to San Francisco in March 2023, in economy that would cost a bit over 200,000 uh, points, uh, business uh, was over 1 million Dom. So. Yeah, uh, quite a few points to fly Mm. across the ditch Um, and always, always, always just compare the interest rate, the annual fee and all the the nitty gritty as well. There's no use, you know, paying this really expensive annual fee and Mm. not getting any benefit from it.
1: Yeah, I guess all these deals, you know, it sounds like money for nothing. Oh, if I apply for this card, I get all this stuff which I'm going to use for this, but Mm. you know, you've got to make sure you pay attention to what the interest rate is. Um, if you're someone that doesn't pay the credit card in time and what the yeah. annual fee is. You know, I was looking at, you know, some of the, you know, I, 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 I love sort of sitting in airport lounges, you know, for example. Um, yeah, I've, only, I've only been into uh, like two or three times in my life and I was like, this is amazing. Like free drinks, free snacks and, and, and foods and, and things, I was just, I was like, how can I get this all the time? Mm. And I hear there's some credit cards out there that can get you into these lounges. Oh. Some that can get you into pretty much like every lounge around the world. And I was I found the card, it was like the Amex Platinum whatever, mm. um, and it can get you pre- pretty much anywhere. Um, but the fee was like a good 17, maybe it was that one that you mentioned. Might have yeah, it has Platinum. a lot of perks that one. 1750, but you're but, definitely paying for it. Yeah, but then it has the perks, so that's 1750. Um, you know, annual fee, well, uh, what do you get for that? I think you're, you get like, you know, f- a few hundred dollars of, of travel credit. Yeah. You get uh, free travel insurance. You yep. get into all the airport lounges. Like, what's that worth? Yeah. Um, and then you get, you know, lots of points and things. So, you really got to make that work for you so that your value that you're getting for the card exceeds the cost of the annual yeah. fee. So, exactly right. that's something you really got to weigh up. And I think also to qualify for that card, you need to be earning over a certain amount. So, mm. A lot of us probably wouldn't qualify for that card. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's always fun talking about credit cards. It's like it's such a like exciting area. Really interesting but, product. Um, mm. Maybe a little bit less interesting. Uh, although you know, some people are quite into this. Uh, I thought I'd look for good deals on car loans. Oh, um, yep. You know, a lot of people after flashy new wheels every new year. So. Um, I found, you know, is probably one of the lowest rates that you can get on a car loan anywhere at the moment is uh, actually through Combank. Um, You know, the big four get a lot of stick. You know, people saying they don't offer the the greatest deals. But uh, yeah, they offer a um, a green car loan. So this is uh, for um, people buying electric or hybrid cars emitting less than 120 grams of CO2 emissions per kilometre. Uh, they offer a fixed rate of 3.99%. Wow. Um, that's on a secured rate, uh, up to seven years. Um, but I should note the comparison rate is 5.07%. Oh, that's how get So it, there, yeah. there'll be some hefty fees in mm. there somewhere, because that's usually the, the big the big sign uh, that there's fees in there is when the comparison rate is a fair bit higher than the um, the the standard advertised rate. Um, but uh, yeah, this, it's the green loan secured from, from Combank, um, but it can also be used for other products, so not just green car and hybrid cars, but you can also qualify for that loan if you're you know, gonna buy some solar panels for your roof or yeah, right. uh, other, other sort of green um, energy efficiency uh, products for your home, like battery packs and heat pumps as well. Yeah. Um, another one, uh, this isn't a green car loan product, so if, you, if you're just buying a regular car, uh, the Queensland Country Bank New Car Loan Um, This offers a variable rate of 4.74% up to seven years, but this is a variable rate, um, whereas the other one was a fixed rate. Mm. So with interest rates going up and up, uh, that rate will likely change, and the comparison rate on that one is 5.35%. Okay. Um, so. Uh, must also have some some hefty fees in there, um, but because it's variable rate, it actually uh, comes with a redraw facility. <laughs> a lot of um, car loan products don't actually come with these because they're usually fixed. Yeah. Um, and also allows early payout without penalty, so it's not a fixed contracts. It's nice. variable, so you can pay off that loan. Um, and it can be it can be used for brand new or demo cars, so it is restricted to those sort of brand new product, mm. brand new cars. So you can't get your your you know 15 year old mum's car. Uh, <laughs> Damn. Um, but uh, Queensland Country Bank does also offer a green car loan, uh, like Combank, uh, which is uh, at a lower rate of four point four nine percent. that's a four point seven seven percent comp rate. Uh, so that that's uh, exactly same for for Combank. Is uh, is for newer demo cars with emissions of less than one hundred and twenty grams of CO two per kilometer. Um, also for those people who you know, don't want a variable rate uh, and don't want a, car, a green car loan, um, there is the IMB Bank new car loan. So it's a fixed rate of 4.99% up to seven years and it's a 5.34% comparison rate, which funnily enough is actually uh, a lower comparison rate than the Queensland Country Bank new car loan, which yeah. had the lower advertised rate but a higher comparison rate than this one, which is one basis point uh, lower. Um, and this is for cars up to four years old. So mm. n- it says new car loan in the name of the product, but it's up to four years old. And this one, uh, like the Queensland Country Bank one, is um, no fees for early payout, despite the fact that it's a fixed rate deal. So there you go, you can get some uh, some, green, some car loans, green or otherwise, for um, under 5% mm. these days. So there you go.
0: That's, that's pretty good. Um, it's, it's quite interesting, actually, what a lot of banks or lenders consider to be a green car. Now, like I think a lot have just moved to any hybrid or electric car mm. is eligible. But I remember looking at one particular lender's uh, green car list back in the day, and I think there was a Ford Ranger on there, <laughs> which is not exactly what you think no, comes no. to mind. Um, a big, dirty, you know, four or five-cylinder diesel ute. Uh, qualifying for a green car loan, but I think at the time that just meant it was greener than other vehicles in its in class. Uh, yeah. But I think a lot of lenders now have moved just to saying, "Yep, no, right, hybrid or electric mm. only" to get the good uh, green car loan rate. Um, so under four percent or under even five percent, that's that's still that's very competitive. Yeah, you know? there's there's savings accounts that we were talking about that are over that amount. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, with inflation at 7%, um, not to get too nerdy, but you can just inflate the debt away, yeah. um, essentially, sure. because the, the principal doesn't increase apart mm. from uh, the interest payment. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, if you're in the market for a new car, a, a particularly a sort of more economical one, mm. that's, it could be a good go.
1: Yeah, well, car loan rates are usually a fair bit higher than what you find on a usual, on a home loan yeah. rates. But but these, you know, if these were home loan rates, these would be considered quite competitive. Yeah. So it just goes What's to show going you. on? Yeah, the, the world's upside down now. Um, okay, so that was uh, some good deal hunting. How do you like them apples? Yeah. All right, uh, Haz, I think it's time for some facts, some fund facts.
0: I hope they're fund um, to round out the year. So I was, I was scouting around the internet Um, and I was like, what have other countries historically used as currency? Um, Now, I think most people realize that, you know, we used to have tea as a currency uh, way back in the day. Uh, We had um, shells as currency and things like that, gold, obviously. Um, But let's look at some of the more weird things. And again, I'm gonna look at and refer to my notes. Uh, So cheese was used by the Italians (laughs) uh, as recently as 1953. Uh, There was one bank titled Credito Emiliano, uh, and they began accepting some types of cheese as collateral for small business loans. Um, It's like
1: the most Italian thing I've ever heard.
0: Yeah, just walking into the bank and going, yep, all right, here's a big wheel of brie, um, give me a business loan. Uh, Some villages in the Solomon Islands use dolphin teeth, um, and they're not just ripping them out of dolphins. I, I think they use... Mm. Uh, the whole Dolphin, um, hopefully. Okay. Um, and I don't know what the exchange rate on that one is, Dom. Uh, maybe it's one US dollar for a, a tooth. Um, I don't know, which, you know, it's, that's, that's pretty good. Um, and the Canadian Tire Company, um, they have uh, like a bit of funny money. Um, Canadian Tire in, the, in Canada, obviously, uh, is kind of like a blend between Super Cheap Auto and Real Sport. Um, what started as a consumer loyalty program quickly blew up in popularity in uh, in the land of, of the North. Um, some businesses accept the currency, so the Canadian Tire, funny money, and eBay Canada uh, has apparently started accepting it as a form of payment. Uh, so I bet their central bank isn't liking that at the moment. But yeah, what do you make of uh, weird currencies?
1: Well, on the tire one, you know, I, um, just on the weekend, I, I was, I was taking some stuff to, to the dump. And I found a, earlier in the week, I found like a, an old tire down in, in sort of this bushland that we have at the back of the property. And it was just dumped there. I was like, oh, what a pain. And I carried it up out of the bush and then you know we, we took it to the dump. I had to pay $12.50 just for this one tire. All the green waste, organic waste I had, I could drop off for free. But he was like, oh, you got a tire there? that's uh, that's actually cost you that's going to cost you $12.50 for me to just dump a tire at the Yeah, dump. thanks so for doing the right thing. So there's your exchange rate there, <laughs> you know, one tire equals $12.50 hmm. Australian.
0: Okay. <laughs> was it a Dunlop or a, or a Pirelli? I t- don't yeah. know. <laughs> it was just
1: a regular old passenger tire. he asked me did did it did it have the rim on it. I was like, "Yes." And he's like, "Oh, right, that's that's extra." Yeah, so Dash, that's how they get there it, yeah. you go, tie money. But uh, dolphin teeth, you know, if, if I was in a, in a just like a knickknack shop and I saw some dolphin teeth, that's a pretty cool little souvenir to take home. Mm. I, would, I could imagine people paying a fair bit of money for a dolphin tooth. It's like of bad. good luck, you know, carry it around your pocket. Just show people at party, like, hey, I've got a dolphin tooth. Oh, wow. That's so cool, man. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> not sure what parties you, you you're going to, well, but I, <laughs> I,
1: would, I would find that interesting. Border yeah. parties, easily. if someone has yeah, something true. cool and interesting, I've never seen before. I've never seen a dolphin tooth up front, uh, but uh, cheese. I mean, I, I do like a good chunk of cheese, but I just can't imagine securing a business loan. Yeah, it got off quite quickly that. too. So, mm, but mm. Uh, yeah, just goes to show you. Um, for my fund facts uh, this week, you know, I was looking at uh, sort of. Funny sort of banking glitch stories. You know, we we hear about these stories about you know someone was accidentally transferred a whole chunk of money by a bank. Mm. It's like, what do you do in that scenario? Do you do you spend it because it's not your Absolutely your fault, not. or do you just immediately admit and say, "This, uh, sorry, you've made a mistake here. I don't deserve this money." I mean, you can always just plead ignorance. Hey, I didn't, I didn't know that wasn't mine. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I just heard this um read this story recently, and there's a podcast on it. Uh, there's a guy called Luke Moore, his, uh, his nickname is Milky, because uh, he apparently looks like Some the Milky Bar boy. Here. And yeah, he's a, country, he's a country guy from from Goldburn, um, and he was kind of, li- you know, quite down on his luck. He'd lost his job, he'd lost his girlfriend, and he was oh. surviving on um, Centrelink payments. Until one day, he, um, he found that um, his mortgage payments and withdrawals weren't actually changing the balance of his St. George bank account. He uh, he was kind St. of thinking. George. I swear there was you know a mortgage payment. And my balance was staying the same, and then he tried withdrawing five thousand dollars, and they're like, "Yep, here's your money," and the bank balance stayed the same. Then he tried fifty thousand, and again, it's <laughs> he got the money, but it wasn't. It wasn't the bank balance wasn't changing. Sounds like the Matrix. So it? it was like this uh, computer glitch at St George Bank. Um, over time, he <laughs> it was just this bottomless pit of money. He managed to get $2 million from St. George Bank. um, And he was just, you know, living the life of Riley on the Gold Coast, uh, spending it on strippers, drugs, fast cars, and even a boat. uh, But obviously the good times like that can never last. And it all came crashing down um, when they cottoned onto it and the cops got involved. And what was his nickname, Dom? He ended up serving a jail term. But uh, yeah, I think he's been referred to as the Bogan Wolf of Wall Street. which I love that. Um, and I think you know, they want one day they might even turn it into a, into a film. I hope so. Apparently there was a, I don't know, like a Vanity Fair article written about it. And wow. you know, Peter Dinklage, you know, the actor from mm. um, Game of Thrones, he, he heard about it and um, it was sort of shooting the story around for, for someone to make a podcast on it. And I think the comedian Jim Jeffries mm. uh, had him on. So I just think that's great. I, I just love those kind of little, those, those stories like that. Yeah, I think he's he's kind of like a classic Aussie hero in a way, even though he's he's done something illegal there. <laughs> um, but it's just we all love a Larrikin. Yeah, you know? that's yeah. that's true. It's kind of it's in our, in our culture. Kelly. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, my sort of fun fact. I guess it's not really a story, more of a fun fantasy. But uh, mm. yeah, you know. that's that's one just it's just a fun one to finish off the uh, the year, I reckon. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's time for the the sonar so saving sonar what's on your radar has
0: all right beepity beep beep um so coming up this week uh, just to keep it light and brief uh, we've got median earnings coming out on wednesday so uh it's currently 1200 a week um which is the median means middle um mm. so the abs i think releases our average earnings too and the average is always blown out by the super high rollers mm. pushes up the average Not whereas median media, is probably yeah. a better Barometer of where Australians are at, so twelve hundred a week. Uh, I don't know what that equates to per year, Dom, but um, yeah, that's you know, that's that's pretty good. Um, mm. it, it'll be interesting to see uh, what it goes up to uh, this this round, um, and off the back of that as well. I'm kind of in the same context. So on Thursday as well, uh, household wealth data is coming out. Um, I think it's currently around half a million dollars for a household because just because there's so many homeowners in mm. Australia and because house prices are just. Gone through the roof, so mm. it'll be interesting to see sort of what happens there with uh, you know early indicators of house prices falling, mm. um, and also super balances too. You know, the share market took a bit of a tumble True. earlier yeah. um, this year, so it would be interesting to see what happens there. Hey,
1: mm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that the wealth stuff fall a little bit mm. with house prices falling. That's where Fed. Well, I mean, you think about the average Aussie. Where's their wealth? tied up in mostly is the house, and, house their super. and super yeah and both of those you'd think would have taken a, a bit of a dive around that time um, and yet median earnings uh, I guess that will probably go up um, I think wages growth is coming out fairly strong yeah, three points so something. strong that actually the RBA are a, bit, a bit worried uh, because you know they look at see you know three percent plus wage growth equals inflation of, you know, 3% plus, because mm. uh, they tend to go hand in hand. Um, so there's a bit of a... You know, but then, you know, the other is getting criticised for, for having that line as well by, you know, by, say, unions and stuff that, that want those high wage figures. I mean, the, the, the 3.1% or whatever it is, wage growth, is still way under uh, inflation. Yeah. So people are actually ha- having a, a real wage loss. Um, yeah,
0: it's the worst in over ten years. I think the actual yeah. real wages, when yep. inflation's taken into account and, and wages um, aren't, aren't keeping up, it's the worst in ten years. I think, um, according to Callum Pickering from Indeed, um, one mm. of the experts there. Um,
1: yeah. So it's it's kind of funny. It's almost like the RBA kind of wants everyone to take a, like a pretty big real wage um, loss mm. for like a, you know a year or so. until inflation can get down low enough where we can exceed that. So yeah, a couple of big ones uh, to keep an eye on this week. Mm. Um, For me, uh, on my radar, I'm keeping a close eye on um, the labor force data that comes out this Thursday. Mm. So what's unemployment gonna do? Unemployment's still at like almost all time lows, I think at 3.4%. Yeah, wow. I think each time we, we reach that time of year where unemployment data is coming out, all the economists saying, oh, it's surely going to go back up now. Yeah, c- yeah, economy's slowing down. And then it just doesn't. So we'll see see how it plays out now. Um, maybe it'll be healthier for the economy if unemployment rate went up a bit, as bad as that sounds. Yeah. Because it means you know, if the rate rises, it's really starting to make a dent. Um, economy's starting to slow down. And hopefully inflation will slow down with it. So I guess the RBA will probably be wanting to see that unemployment number go up a bit, mm. but they'll never admit that. <laughs> um, uh, also, I mean, obviously it's our last podcast of the year, probably won't have another one till um, uh, maybe late January. Um, so in that meantime, uh, monthly inflation data on January 10. Um, oh, yep. You know, I'll, I'll be on my summer break, you probably will be too. I'll still be on Island st- Time. Yeah. I'll still be, yeah, having, having a, a look at that stuff, just because I'm a bit of a just have a look. Um, so yeah, I mean, it surprised everyone when it went down 6.9%. Mm. Um, so we'll see if, if it will keep going down or if it bounces back up. Um, obviously the RBA will keep a close on that too. And then retail trade on January 11, I think oh, that yeah. is for November spending. Jeez. So it encompasses the Black Friday stuff. So yep. a couple of big big releases uh, in um, mid to early Jan.
0: Yeah, this, this time of year is always funny, isn't it? Um, so yeah, you, you got Black Friday, as you mentioned, um, the unemployment data, um, you might see an uptick in maybe uh, part-time work because of, you know, people starting to hire Christmas casuals and things like that. Mm. You know, David Jones always does a big hiring spree mm. and a lot of other outlets do as well. Yeah, um, I was a Christmas casual back a, in the day at a oh, shop. good one. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Shuckers, bruh. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's a weird time of year. And while Phil Lowe's probably cutting into a, into a uh, 4X gold and having a nice little triangle sandwich, <laughs> the, the economy keeps uh, ticking along.
1: I don't think he's a gold drinker.
0: Mm, no, yeah, maybe he, a crown lager. Crown lager, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Mm.
1: Yeah. So yeah, TWT. Yep, absolutely. All right, I think that brings the end to this podcast episode, but also the end to our podcasts for 2022. Harrison, it's been a pleasure.
0: It has been a pleasure. Um, I won't get to see you in this uh dark room again for a little while um, thanks it's to the three listeners again. we've had um, <laughs> it's, it's been great I know who you are uh, mum and so forth thank you uh, yeah but no it's been a, it's been a great year learned mm. a lot and it's good to talk about you know what's what's moving our money around
1: yeah no it's funny you talk about the listeners I, I can't even get my parents to, to listen anymore maybe listen to the first two and they're like oh okay you just keep doing your podcast <laughs> we, we know you're doing a good job uh, but no, there are, we know there are listeners out there, we've seen the viewing figures and yeah. you know, we appreciate all your support and um, you know, appreciate spending this time with you, Has. It's always fun to- It's been great. Yeah. Chew the facts about finance. Yeah. That's the way. Um, so yeah, I guess uh, thanks to all those listening to our final episode of the Savings Tip Jar for 2022. We really appreciate your support and we also really appreciate any thoughts or feedback you might have. So please don't hesitate to get in touch via savings.com.au's Facebook, Twitter or Instagram or shoot an email to inquiries at savings.com.au. Catch you next year. Bye. Bye.